non-denominational, religious, and scientific research organizations dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, our Elohim, and operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We were incorporated in the state of California in the year 1958. We hold classes in the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of our Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means that Elohim is the title that our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part in any good dictionary or encyclopedia will show proof that neither the Hebrew language the Greek language nor the Latin language had any letters or characters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of our father and his son. Christ is a title, just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape or form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on this chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the purest spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions 
and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested itself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there's only one name given unto salvation and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we should ask ourselves is, what was the name of the savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be obtained by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him this tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court round about. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. We have our primary constitutional objectives and aims of the Institute of the Bible class as follows. First, to help you find and know Yahweh, our Elohim, and as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race or nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, modern, practical, and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Six, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seven, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eight, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith, which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Nine, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And 10, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah in the new earth state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. We will begin 
this class with a prayer dedicated by Dr. Rhonda Brazil. Scripture will be read by Dr. Katonia Parks, and the scripture will be 2 Peter, the first chapter. Dr. Brazil? Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Let us bow our hearts and minds for a moment of prayer. Heavenly Father, Yahweh, through Yahshua, the Messiah, our Savior, we thank you for another opportunity to learn, know, and understand more about your divine purpose, pattern, and plan operating into this present day. We ask in the name of your son, Yahshua, the Messiah, that you allow us to continue to become ever conscious of your ever presence in this world we live in today, because that is our only protection from the wiles of the adversary. We thank you, Yahshua, for the abundant grace and mercy that we exist in, in this world. All these things we thank you for in the name of Yahshua, Messiah, our Savior and King, let us all say hallelujah. 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 Good evening, class. Good evening. For the scripture lesson, I'll be reading 2 Peter, the first chapter, and I'll be reading from the Holy Name Bible containing the Holy Name version of the Old and New Testaments, critically compared with ancient authorities and various manuscripts revised by A.B. Trina the Scripture Research Association, Incorporated, and reprinted by Yahshua Promotions at 2 Peter, the first chapter. Simon Peter, as servant and apostle of Yahshua the Messiah, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of Yahweh and our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of Yahweh, and of Yahshua the Messiah, according as his power has given unto us all things that pertaineth unto life and holiness, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of his nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, and beside this, giving all diligence and to your faith, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience reverence, and to reverence brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Savior, Yahshua Messiah. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fail. For so an interest shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Redeemer and Savior, Yahshua the Messiah. Wherefore, I will not be neglect, neglected to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them 
and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it necessary, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this, my tabernacle, even as our Savior, Yahshua Messiah, has shown me. Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able, after that, my decease, to have these things always in remembrance. For we have not followed cunningly device fables, when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Savior, Yahshua Messiah, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from Yahweh the Father honor and glory, when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. We have a more sure word of prophecy, wherein you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of Yahweh spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. That was Second Peter, the first chapter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Rhonda Brazil and Dr. Katonia Parks. Uh, before I call on our first speaker, we will, our readers will be Dr. Katonia Parks and Dr. Lenore Allen. And to our part, Zoom participants, please stay muted and cameras blocked unless you are called on to speak or read. We will have a three speaker format tonight and the speakers will have 30 to 35 minutes and a sign will appear on the screen when there are five minutes remaining of your allotted time please acknowledge that you have seen the sign. Thank you. Well, first speaker, it is an honor and a pleasure to call on Dr. Lamar Rhodes from our Springfield, Ohio class. Dr. Rhodes. Hello. Yes. Yes. Hi, um, Lamar. Uh, I like to say uh, I'm always happy and glad to give a testimony when they were called upon. Um, just got here, <laughs> had a long doctor day today, but I'm always glad to give a testimony because these things that we have come to know of Yahweh are vitally important to our eternal salvation. And that's only if we come into a knowledge of how Yahweh really is and how he actually exists. And uh, as always, we want to uh, stay on track with how this is to be presented. And one of the things that I have learned since being in this class is to go how it has been instructed to go. And so I'd like for someone to give me Isaiah 8, chapter and the 20th verse, please. Isaiah 8 and 20, to the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. 
It says, because there is no light in them. That is very precise. If they don't speak according to the law and the testimony, which we know the law to be, as we have said, is the first five books of uh, that Moses was instructed to write and the testimony being the 39 books of the prophecy. But when you go back and find out where the ultimate source of all that is, uh, the law manifested to Moses in the vision was Yahweh Elohim. And the manifestation of Yahweh Elohim in the flesh is the testimony. Uh, I can't get it right off the top of my head, but uh, it speaks to where Yahshua said, he said, lo, I come in the volume of the book. And I don't, I can't get that scripture right now because my mind is just not focused on knowing where that is right at this moment. But first we want to uh, get an understanding um, Hebrews 10 and 7, do you want it? Please, and thank you. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O Yahweh. To do thy will. And this is Yahshua the Messiah to speak. Which is the law? If you understand, this is the law manifested in what would appear to be human form. But we know that Yahweh is spirit, and we know that this spirit took on shape and form as described in Moses' vision uh, that was given to him and 70 of the elders that were there on the, in Mount Sinai, and that would be in Exodus, the 24th chapter, and the ninth verse, if you would read that, please. Exodus 24, verse Had said to him, Man, what will you do with that that I have given unto you? 
Right. And ultimately, the answer that he gave after trembling and, and going through that portion, he said, I will teach your people. And I was thinking the other day, what a blessing that was, even though the majority of us were not even born in 1931. Yahweh had already made provision for us to come into this teaching and to learn his way and his will according to the law and the prophecy. This is not just taught any old way. This gospel is to be taught properly. And it says to the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, and we know this word being Elohim, then there is no light in them. Now, John, the first chapter, if someone will get that and read that, please, and thank you. one in the beginning was the word and the word was with Yahweh and the word was Yahweh keep going yes please the same was in the beginning with Yahweh all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made in him was life and the life was the light of men keep see going. he said now if you don't speak according to him ain't no light in you Ain't no life in you. I'm talking about from a spiritual standpoint. See, because we were unconscious of the fact prior to coming into any knowledge of how Yahweh really is and actually exists, we were dead. Dead men walking. See? And we would be made alive through the graciousness of Yahweh through his son, Yahweh, the Messiah. See? Now, I'm going to read a few different, I'm going to have you get a few different scriptures or uh, in the time that's allotted to me. I have a little problem sometimes with my uh, breathing voice and so forth, but we, we're not going to get into that right now, but for the time that I can, someone give me Colossians, the first chapter around the 12th verse. Colossians 1 and 12 giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the Son in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. From the power of darkness. That power of darkness had you in total unconsciousness of your creator, how he really is and actually exists. And as the moderator has stated in the offset, she said that uh, Yahweh is beyond any mortal comprehension. He's, we can't uh, uh, scrutinize him. We cannot understand him in his pure spirit state of existence. And just as he took on shape and form to Moses and the 70 elders of Israel, see, he's going to have to take on shape and form right within us so that we can see him for ourselves. You know, our founder has said something years and years ago that I didn't understand at the time, even though it was very uh, uh, plain what he was saying. I, I mean, I understand English, but to understand the meaning of what he was saying, he said, every tub has to stand on its own bottom. Right. And, you know, I'm thinking natural tub standing, <laughs> you know, you know, because that's what you think when you don't have a spiritual understanding. You can only visualize mortal things. Mm -hmm. with a mortal mind, see. 
And this is where the grace and the mercy comes in that Yahweh delivers us from the power of that grip of that satanic spirit. Just uh, uh, as a statement, read on, please. Sorry, I don't talk. Okay, 13 first. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. See me right there. Yes. He hath translated it. See, that's if you have an understanding. And see, if you've got that understanding, then that light is in you. You don't have to practice doing nothing. You don't have to eat no crackers, grape juice, be dumped in some water, waving your hands, praise, dancing, and nothing that you need to do. But just praise him in your heart and mind right. for the things that he has given unto us. And as the a prayer stated, when Dr. Brazil said, for us to be mindful of the ever presence of Yahweh, we are in the presence of Yahweh. And to be mindful of where you are and what's around you. It kind of makes me think of a song that the Springfield Choir used to sing. And I heard it first in the Detroit class, but it's a no, never alone. Okay. Right. We're never alone. Yahweh is with us, protecting us. And this is such a wonderful thing to know in this time that we live in now. We live in so many tragedies and atrocities in this world now surrounding us and the sickness and, and all the trickeries of everything going on of the devil, see? But Yahweh has his loving arms around us so that we can go by the law and we can go by the testimony. I'm talking about the law being Yahshua's side and the That's testimony right. of what he has done for us. That's what the law and the testimony is, see? To know that for yourself so that your tub stand on its own bottom, see? And you know that you're never alone because Yahweh is with you. Shining yeah. his light on you, keeping you safe. See, you know, one of the things that Dr. Kennedy, I'm just giving a testimony. One of the things Dr. Kennedy has in the page one, I mean, in the preface of the Elohim book, he said, Did it ever occur to you that Satan's always present to lead you in the wrong direction? Whoa, all the time. Yes. See? And he never would have said in the seventh thing to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, or Satan and his demons operating in the mystery of iniquity if he hadn't given you something to be able to discern. You got that power latent in you. And Yahweh awakens that through his son, Yahshua Messiah, Yusuf, that you can see the workings of the devil. I'm talking about in these erroneous doctrines being preached that has people in grips giving their money 10%, 30%, 40 yeah. percent, their attention to something that's in the wrong direction. Oh, we're so blessed sometimes that we're more blessed sometimes than we even can imagine. That's right. The things that Yahweh has done for us to be able to sit down and open a Bible and have get some precise understanding of what's in that book. You have so many people in this world are not conscious that they're in the ever presence of Yahweh because they're waiting on him to come back. But we know that Yahweh 
has opened a door for us on that because he yes. opened a scripture for us on that that we look right over in the Bible. And that scripture is, somebody give me that. Acts the 17th chapter and start about the 24th verse. Please and thank you. See, I don't have nothing new different to tell you. I'm just telling you how glad I am that for the things that Yahweh has done for me, see, in hopes that it might do something for you because I'm happy. Yahweh. I learned to be happy with Yahweh gave me. You know, many right. times I sat with the founder and talked with him, went on trips with him, fished with him, camped out with him. And he many times would say, let's see what Yahweh is going to say about that. And the man had a vision and revelation. He's trying to tell us something. Tell us something. Let's see what Yahweh is going to say about this or that. He knew what Yahweh was going to say because Yahweh showed it, but he wanted us to understand because he said this vision and revelation that was given to him was also for you also. Right. And here you wasn't even born in 1931, but Yahweh already had your gift ready for you when you come on the scene, when he brought you onto the scene. And when I mean onto the scene, I'm talking about bringing you into a knowledge. That's when you come on the scene as far as I'm concerned. Being born, there's a lot of people being born from a natural standpoint, but to be born from a spiritual standpoint where you can discern see, between what's right and what's wrong. That's right. See, that, that's when you're born. See, that's when your eyes get open. See, that's when you can move and groove. See, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> Being able to praise Yahweh, that's grooving. Yeah. I ain't got to clap my hands. I don't have to stomp my feet. See, I can sit real still. And be moving and grooving in the Holy Spirit. Because yes. God was with us at all times. Read on, please. Acts 17, 24. Yahweh that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is master of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Hey, wait a minute. I've been going to church. I've been thinking that's where he is. I'm in God's house. I need to cool out. Whatever I'm doing, if I got some... A cigarette in my mouth, I need to get rid of that. If, 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 I need to be quiet, don't be talking loud, and all these rules and regulations. You understand? See, that's the way the world got things over. Yahweh said, that ain't what I, I ain't here with that. I ain't with that. Read, please. Yahweh that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is master of heaven and earth, Dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worship with men's hands, as though he needed anything. Well, the Pope men don't know that. They keep right. taking crosses on their bodies. The holy people in churches keep waving their hands in the air like they just don't care. Yeah. You understand? Like they just don't care. The scriptures there are saying, Yahweh's not worship with men's hands. You acting like you just don't care because you keep on doing it. But you do it because you're blind. You do it because you have not been delivered from the power of darkness. You do it because you don't see the law and the testimony. You do those things. See, Yahshua don't fulfill all that. Ain't no work for you to do. We went from standard movement, shifting, to automatic. You know, in the car, how they, you used to push the clutch, pull the handle, and all that <laughs> stuff. You ain't got to do that now. I mean, you can, but the joy is getting in the car, starting to put it in reverse, back out, put it in drive, and go where you're going. 
You ain't got to keep shifting and moving. You know, just hold the wheel. And that's what we're trying to do now by teaching this gospel, for you to hold the to hold on to the will of Yahweh. Yeah. And his will is that no outcome in the volume of the book to do the will of the will of the Father. See, that's what we want to hold on to, to what the will of the Father is. To know that he's in control. And know mm -hmm. that all we got to do is relax, like Yashua said. He already done said it. Come unto me, all you that are heavy laden, and I'm going to give you work. I'm going to rest. Work. Oh, rest? Yeah. Okay. See, you want to keep it straight, huh? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we ain't trying to come down here working nothing. We, we can't work out no salvation. Some of us can't even work out problems between ourselves. That's why we get divorced <laughs> and separated. Fist fights and all them kind of stuff. We can't work out nothing. Everybody got their own concepts, opinions, theories, and stuff. You know, countries, right in our own governments. I'm, I'm not going to get into that, but you see that stuff manifested in the news. You know, Democrats against the Republicans, all Republicans against these. You have all these confusions in the world. And then you got one running around talking about he's the son of God and he can't settle nothing. It's being proven, it's on paper. You know, so much uh, confusion going on in the Roman Catholic Church. Then in your other churches and, and affiliations of that nature, you got people that's uh, collecting money to give to God, and God don't ever see none of it. Right. Because you don't spend it on a Rolls Royce or, or magic. See, so we got, we, we got a lot of things to learn, we, and we don't have a lot of time, time to learn on this. But thanks be to Yahshua for us that we have learned that he is in control. Yes. And that he's running the show, see? And all we got to do is relax and learn of him. And that, that, that is such a blessing sometimes, you know, that we say so much that sometimes we take it nonchalantly. But listen, Yahshua's in control. And I'll tell you, I'm so glad that he is. Because I can look over my life personally and see all the mistakes and blunders and misunderstandings and what have you that I've had in my life. So I know I can't figure it out. I, I need somebody to depend on. Mm -hmm. And thanks be to Yahweh sending to me, Yahshua Messiah. And, I, and, and you know what the big surprise was? That he was with me all the time, but I, I didn't know it. <laughs> you know? It says the heavens declare the glory of Israel, and the earth show forth his handiwork. Day unto day utter speech, night unto night showeth knowledge. There's no speech nor language where his voice is not heard. And I've been on the scene all the time and didn't hear nothing. Right. Till he opened my ears, mm -hmm. opened my eyes. And you know, in conclusion, I was having a conversation not I'll put it like this. I'll just say it how it happened. I come home from my job some years ago. I laid on the couch just for a moment just to get maybe a little bit of rest, close my eyes, and then that vision came to me of the founder. And one thing that he said to me, he said, make sure that you know what you were talking about. And I, and I opened my eyes. I got in my car. 
I drove out to his house where his where he was staying with his sister. I walked in and I said, hey, Doc, I was laying there kind of napping and I saw you set, appear to me and say, make sure you know what you were talking about. He said, yeah, and that goes for all of us. Yeah, that might even that might not even sound relevant to the first scripture that I had read. But let me rewind the tape a little bit. The first scripture I had read was Isaiah 8 and 20. Mm -hmm. Said to the law and to the testimony, they speak not according to this word, is because there is no light in them. And then he's telling me to make sure that you know what you're talking about. That's going to require me to do some investigation, which is coincidable. With this school, with this school period, this is a research organization, right? See, to go back and be obedient and look at these things, see, and hope that Yahweh reveals Himself to us in the things that we research, see, so that we can have that light in there. Because I thought I was just laying there, just having a dream, and I said, "But I'm going to make sure I'm not just tripping." I'm going out to the east end of Springfield and talk to this man face to face. And that's what he did tell me. Now he said that. He said, and that goes for all of y'all. Make sure you know what you're talking about. See? And ain't nothing wrong in being quiet and being still, especially if you don't know. Mm -hmm. See, and Dr. Kittman said this, and you all should know this. He said, my first lesson in universal knowledge was to be talking and running my mouth. Be still. That's right. Be still and know that I am Yahweh. And these are such wonderful things to know that sometimes we just say, well, we've said them so many times. They seem like, you know, it's not that important. Oh, yes, it's very important. For us to be still sometimes, just sit and meditate and tell Yahshua how thankful that you are, that he opened your eyes for us eternally too late. Because we don't know the power of destruction that he's going to put up upon this world. The only thing we can do is uh, reiterate to you that it says in the scripture that he's going to take flaming vengeance. How great is that going to be? See, we, we look at some of the things that Yahweh has purposed, perpetrated upon uh, 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 this earth and such as that flood with Noah, that was devastating. No, you had nowhere to run to because the earth broke up and water came forth. Water came forth from the heavens. There was nowhere to run to. But then the devil put in man's mind, well, if I build a tower in case Yahweh do this again, never knowing that Yahweh could tear down a Hey, he could tear down a tower if he could flood the entire earth. Don't you think he could tear down a tower? Right. See, Satan has mankind being stupid and not thinking. Like in the, if you read the fifth chapter and the first couple of verses of Exodus, where Pharaoh opened his big mouth and said, who is Yahweh that I should obey? Well, Yahweh showed him. Put him at the bottom of the sea. And we don't want to be put in the bottom of the lake by being disobedient and not coming into this teaching and trying to learn something. You know, from you know, Apostle Saul says in Romans, the first chapter and conclusion, and the ninth 
uh, 19th verse, he said, that because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them, for Yahweh showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. Now, listen. If your parents or your child and they send you to school, they send you to school and expecting you to learn something. Now, Yahweh got this school open up for us to come to these classes. And we should be still and try to learn something. Like Dr. Giddy said, come in and sit down, sit on your butt, shut your mouth, open your eyes and ears. He used to say stuff like that. Try to learn yourself something. See, because when Yahweh takes flaming vengeance, I was told by Dr. Kimmy, he said, Yahweh ain't accepting no excuses for Israel. So this is our opportunity. This is our chance. This is our love. This is our life. This is our way into eternal bliss throughout eternity. Take advantage of the time that you have. You know, try to know as much as you can about Yahweh. And don't get up in the morning without saying thank you for another day because another day is another chance to be in the classroom to learn yourself something. Right. I'm talking about on the face of the earth as you look around at the trees and all the other things out there that Yahweh's put there, the sun rising and setting, staying in the same motion every day. It ain't changing. It stays the same every day. Take advantage of this fruit. Eat it. Be made whole. Be made alive. And I thank you for this opportunity to give a testimony of the thanks that Yahweh showed to me. And hopefully I can join you again sometime. My, my breath gets a little short. But that's all right. As I can say thank you, Yahweh, I think that's enough. Yes. Because when you learn to say that, evidently there's some something in the background of what Yahweh done showed you to be able to say that in truth and honesty. See, because we want to be honest, we want to tell the truth. See, those are those are uh, like the answers to speak the truth, you know. So, thank you, and I love I you all. Dr. Rhodes, you have till 10 till. You have five minutes. I'm getting a little short-winded. Oh, yes, that's fine. Right. getting a little short-winded, so. Okay. I just thank you, and I love you all, and uh, I hope that maybe I can come back another time and give a testimony. <clears throat> you know, so, you know, love one another as we were instructed, preach to one another, hold each other's hands. And let's do like Al Green said, let's stay together. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Dr. Lamar Rhodes. <laughs> For our second speaker, it is an honor and a pleasure to call on Dr. Lester Emery from our Springfield, Ohio class. Dr. Emery. Good evening, class. Can you hear me? Yes. 
Okay, good, good. Um, I am very grateful to be here. Uh, very thankful for another opportunity to attend a class given by Yahshua the Messiah. Um, I enjoyed Dr. Lamar Rose. Uh, yes. Me, him, Tony, we go way back. <laughs> way back. Yeah, way, way back. back. <laughs> we, we came into this class in the 70s when we were <laughs> just kids. <laughs> and uh, like Lamar, Dr. Lamar Rose said, uh, I was that outlaw, a real fool. <laughs> but Yahweh, in his infinite wisdom and mercy and compassion, yes, brought us in here and sat us down mm -hmm. and made us be still. I have a, a rabbit that lives uh, somewhere in the vicinity of my backyard. And uh, if I go out there at one or two in the morning, the motion light comes on and uh, he'll be out there. And when he senses my presence, he gets absolutely still. I mean, you can't even see his little nostrils moving. Nothing is moving. He is still. Hmm. And I thought to myself, if I could just be like that rabbit, <laughs> just be still. <laughs> and, and, and through the Holy Spirit, he's, he's teaching me how to do that. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, this school is the product of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kendrick in Springfield, Ohio in the year of 1931. And Dr. Kenley stated that he had a vision and a revelation straight from Yahweh himself. Yeah. And he said, don't believe him because he said it, but make him prove it until you are satisfied. And this school is a product of that divine vision and revelation. These charts that you see are a product of that divine vision and revelation laid out in pictorial form to where we can look at them and learn. Right. Because what it is, is Yahweh is spirit. As the moderator told you, Yahweh is spirit. And spirit is the substance and source of all things created both seen and unseen. Spirit is the source of everything that's created. Now, Yahweh is spirit. 
He's the sum and substance. He's the source. We cannot discern Yahweh in this existence, in this spirit state. Uh, can I have John 4 and 24, please? John, John 4 and 24. For Yahweh is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, Yahweh is spirit. See? Now, we can't discern spirit with our natural senses. We can't see spirit. We can't touch spirit. We can't smell or taste spirit. And we surely can't hear spirit. So what Yahweh did, again, in his infinite wisdom, and compassion. He took on shape and form as Yahweh Elohim. Now, this Yahweh Elohim is the shape and form of a man, but without any fleshly counterparts. This Yahweh Elohim is these nine divine attributes taking on a set shape and form as Yahweh Elohim, see, coming together. Now in this form, we can behold him in visions and understand him in revelations. So now what was invisible is now visible. See, this, like the previous speaker said, is the law. See, in him are all things, and all things were created by him. Uh, let me have Exodus uh, 24, and uh, I think it's 9. Exodus 24 and 9. Then went up Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. And they saw the Elohim of Israel. And there were under his feet, as it were, a pavework of a sapphire stone. And it were the body of heaven in its clear, clearness. Now, this Yahweh Elohim was seen by 70 of the elders of Israel, right. Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, mm -hmm. and Moses. Right. They saw him. See, this Yahweh Elohim is the word. See, this word, this is who the world calls God. The man upstairs. See, this is Yahweh Elohim. See, that's his true name and title. See, and what I have learned in this class is that he can be understood. 
there's something. Give me uh, Romans 1, 19 and 20. Yahweh can be understood. See, I don't have to imagine or uh, uh, have conjecture or an opinion, see, that I'm not sure of, that I just, I want to believe it, but I'm, I'm not, I don't have any hard facts, so I just go along with it. I don't have to do that. Right. See? I don't have to do that. Romans 119. Romans 119, because that which may be known of Yahweh is manifest in them, for Yahweh has shown it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Now, Yahweh showed the children of Israel his ways. And see, this is who he showed himself unto. And see, even his eternal power and Godhead, which is the threefold nature. And he showed it to them in such a way through this tabernacle pattern. Mm -hmm. See, Moses, uh, give me uh, Exodus 25 and 8. Exodus 25 and 8. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them according to all that I show thee after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments thereof. Even so shall you make it. Thank you. Now, see, Moses was having this vision of Yahweh Elohim, see, in the mount. Now, the rest of them, the 70 elders and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, they saw Yahweh Elohim, but Yahweh Elohim did not lay his hand on them. In other words, they didn't see everything that Moses seen. See, Moses seen an explanation of this Yahweh Elohim in shape and form as a man. See, Elo Yahweh Elohim transformed into this tabernacle pattern. And that's why it says uh, that I showed you in the mount, atop Mount Sinai. This tabernacle pattern is the pattern of everything. Then, this tabernacle pattern transforms back into Yahweh Elohim and into the days of creation, which just come right out of Yahweh Elohim, made by the pattern. The days of creation came in according to the pattern. See? Now, what's amazing is this Yahweh Elohim takes on shape and form as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus. 
He walked around in his creation, took on flesh and blood and walked around in his creation, see? I learned this in this school. I did not learn this out in my uh, Christian affiliations, see? And not only did I learn it, but Yahweh proved it to us over and over and over again, see? When they said, if you take water or H2O, it comes in three forms. It comes in a steam form or vapor, it's H2O. It comes in water form or liquid, see? And then it comes in a solid form as ice, but it's all H2O. Well, that's the same way with spirit. The reason why H2O does that is because Yahweh did it first. And he left us away by this simple threefold tabernacle pattern to understand that, see? Right. You have a most holy, in the tabernacle, you have a most holy place, a holy place, and a court round about. Three compartments, one tabernacle. Now that is so simple, even I can understand. And what I had to find out was when I tried to explain that to my friends and, and, and different people and they rejected, I didn't understand that I had a vision that they did not have. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, if a fool like me can understand this, anybody <laughs> can understand it. <laughs> See? But it's not that way, it's only uh, those that Yahweh has revealed himself to. See, this, see, before I come and got an understanding, I did not know what gratitude meant. The word gratitude, I didn't know what that meant. But Yahweh, after he showed me this thing and caused me to surrender, to his will, I have so much gratitude. Mm -hmm. For example, driving in the car down the street and you'll see what they call a church and they'll name it anything. Then you go a couple of blocks down the street and there's another church with another name that they just come up off the top of their imagination. See, the true assembly is Yahshua the Messiah. That's the name. And when I see things like this, I'll ride for blocks and blocks with gratitude because these are things that I just 
never thought about. Right. Never thought about, never give, gave it a minimum of concern. Now, let me have uh, Luke 24 and 44, I think. And, and Matthew 5 and, and 17, but Luke first. I Luke 24 and, uh, for, you want 25 and 27 first? I'm yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I get that confused every, every time. <laughs> Luke 24 and uh, 25. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken Ought not the Messiah to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them and all the scriptures the things concerning himself. 24 and 44. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then open he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Now see, this he that they're referring to is Yahshua the Messiah. And he's telling the people that Moses wrote about him and he has to fulfill what was written right. about him. See, this same Yahweh that was pure spirit that took on shape and form as, as Elohim and then come down in the flesh as Yahshua the Messiah is doing the talking. Okay, give me uh, Matthew 5 and 17. Matthew 5, 17. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no ways pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Now, all must be fulfilled down to the dotting of an I and the crossing of a T. Mm -hmm. Everything that was written about him must be fulfilled. See, I didn't know that the Old Testament, the law and the prophecy were written about Yahshua the Messiah. See, and in my Christian affiliation, they told me that Jesus instituted a way for me to live and a way for me to worship. He instituted a way. Well, see, Institute and fulfill are opposites of each other. Mm -hmm. They are not the same. Institute meaning to start, originate, fulfill 
meaning to bring to an end or to finish. See? Now, let me have the tabernacle, the, the tabernacle pattern chart. Man, man, yes. Thank you. Now, this tabernacle that Moses saw and was admonished to build out in the wilderness of Sinai was a most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. In the court roundabout, there's an altar of sin sacrifice. There is a brazen labor of water. And there is a cup of holy anointing oil. See, now that is three uh, vessels in the court roundabout. These vessels were highly polished brass. See? that looked like gold, but they were highly polished brass. Now, in the holy place, you had gold vessels, golden vessels, and you had the uh, seven-branch lampstand. You had the table of shoe bread, and you have the altar of incense. Those are the vessels that make up the holy place. Mm -hmm. In the most holy place, you have the uh, Ark of the Covenant. And atop of the Ark of the Covenant is the mercy seat. And then you have the uh, two archangels. Now, this here is three parts, but it's one uh, configuration or uh, uh, it's, it's one unit. It's not three individual uh, pieces, but it's one unit together, see? Now these three are one, see? Now in the court roundabout, you have sacrifices that were put on the altar. And these sacrifices um, were in a set way. Give me, um, I think it's uh, Exodus, the 12th chapter, where they had to take out a lamb. Exodus 12 and one. And Yahweh spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt saying, this month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month shall they take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his house take it according to the number of souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And ye shall keep it unto the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it between the two evenings. Okay, thank you. Now, 
they had to take that lamb out on the 10th and hold it to the 14th. And they took the blood of that lamb and placed it on the four horns, on the four corners of the altar of sin sacrifice. See, they had to wash that lamb in the brazen labor of water. See, now that was in the law. Yahshua the Messiah comes in and he says, I am the lamb. See, and he gets on the cross and he has the four points of blood. He has the crown of thorns on his head. Yep. He has both hands uh, nailed to the cross and his feet are nailed to the cross, making the four points of blood and he is the lamb. Now, they didn't teach me that in my Christian affiliation. Right. Not that I was paying a lot of attention. <laughs> but it was not until I come into this school. The previous speaker told you, when you go to school, your parents expect you to learn something. Yeah. So I learned something. <laughs> And what happened is, as I learned things, it established my faith. Because this knowledge and wisdom, see, this is the stability of our times now. It's not shall be. It was back then, shall be. But now it is our stability, see, this knowledge and wisdom, see. Um, okay, uh, still talking about fulfillment. Let me have Exodus 40 and 33. Exodus 40 and 33. And he reared up the court round about the tabernacle and the altar. And now this, set up this is Moses. And Yahweh had instructed him to him and the children of Israel to build this tabernacle in the wilderness of Sinai. And Moses is putting the finishing touches on this tabernacle and he's completing it. And see, Yahweh had told him, told Moses, as the sign that you build it correctly, I will come and dwell between the wings of the cherub in the most holy place. So here, Moses is, is finishing, completing the uh, erecting or building of this tabernacle. Read on. Start, start that 33 over again, please. Please. Oh, okay. 33. And he reared up the court round about the tabernacle and the altar and set up the hanging of the court gate. So Moses finished the work. Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation 
and the glory of Yahweh filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon and the glory of Yahweh filled the tabernacle. See, Yahweh, the glory of Yahweh filled the tabernacle. See, the Holy Spirit, Yahshua the Messiah, he filled this tabernacle, see, and he filled it to where Moses couldn't stay in there. Is there any more to that in, in Exodus 40? Yes. 34. Um, oh, that was just 33? That I read up to uh, 35. Okay, keep reading, please. Okay, 36. And when the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the children of Israel went on onward into all their journeys. But if the cloud were not taken up, then they journeyed not till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of Yahweh was upon the tabernacle by day, and fire was on it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. You see, this cloud or this Holy Spirit filled that tabernacle. Now, you have the tabernacle pattern and you have the tabernacle of man. Mm -hmm. The tabernacle of man is patterned after this tabernacle pattern, which is Yahweh Elohim. They are one in the same. Yahweh Elohim in shape and form and this tabernacle pattern are one in the same. The tabernacle pattern is an explanation of Yahweh Elohim. Right. Okay. Now that's in the law. I want to get it in the prophecy. Okay. I see it. Five minutes. I want to get it in the prophecy in Kings, but I can't remember if anyone knows where they dedicated the tabernacle. And, and uh, I think it might be in second Kings. If, if not, that's okay. We can move on. Let's move on to Acts, the second chapter. Started the first verse. But before you get Acts the second chapter, let me have First Corinthians six and nineteen. First Corinthians six and nineteen. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, 2 Chronicles 2 and 4 talks about dedicating the house of Yahweh. Do you want that? That's, that's what it is. I don't know why I say it's in Kings somewhere, but I think it's the temple. But hey, yes, let me have 2 Chronicles. Thank you so much. Okay. 2 Chronicles 2 and 4. 
Behold, I build an house to the name of Yahweh, my Elohim, to dedicate it to him and to burn before him sweet incense and for the continual showbread and for the burnt offerings, morning and evenings, on the Sabbaths and on the new moons and on the solemn feasts of Yahweh our Elohim. This is an ordinance forever to Israel. See, they dedicated that temple. And the Holy Spirit is what filled that temple. Okay, uh, first, first Corinthians six and nineteen. First Corinthians six and nineteen. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, which ye have of Yahweh, and ye are not your own. See. In this present kingdom age, the tabernacle of man is where Yahweh dwells. Mm -hmm. He don't dwell in temples made with hands That's right. because Yahshua the Messiah fulfilled it by his death, burial, and resurrection and outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which, which we're going to get to in uh, uh Acts, the second chapter, two and one. Dr. Emery, that um, scripture is 1 Kings 8 and 10. Eight and 10. Okay, well, y'all read it when you get around to it because okay. I done messed up the time. Thank you. Okay. Um, uh, say that again, please. 1 Kings what? Eight and ten. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, let me have uh, uh, Acts the second chapter. Acts two and one. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, while they were all with one accord in one place, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire and rested upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, this is the fulfillment of what we read in... Uh, um, what we read in uh, Exodus 40 and 33, and then again in 1 Kings 8 and 10, this Acts, the second chapter, is the Holy Spirit, or Yahshua the Messiah, pouring out his Holy Spirit in the man, not in a, a building made with hands by man, See, right. he did away with that, see. But my Christian affiliation had me believing that I was stepping into the house of the Lord. Mm -hmm. But see, these tabernacles that Yahweh has revealed himself unto, the tabernacles not made with hands, see, this is the house of Yahweh, see? And 
I'm just thankful to be a part of this. Uh, let me say this in closing. I remember I was a kid down at the Carey building, Tony. And uh, <laughs> I, I don't think I was 18 yet. And Dr. Kennedy had come to visit. And after class was over, I asked Dr. Kennedy. I says, uh, am I going to be saved? And he looked at me with that Dr. Kennedy look. <laughs> and, and he went, the second Peter three and nine, where he said, Yahweh is not willing that any should per perish, but that all should come to repentance. In my mind, I'm thinking, why don't he just tell me if I'm going to be saved? Yeah. <laughs> and then he says, do you understand? And I was like, yeah, doc. Yeah, I understand. Understood nothing. <laughs> but see, what I'm grateful for is Yahweh keeping the doors open for a fool like me to come in and sit down and hear what thus saith Yahweh. Right. I thank you for your time. I thank you for the opportunity. All praises and mercy. Go to our Savior, Yahshua the Messiah. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Dr. Lester Emery. <laughs> Proud third speaker, it is an honor and a pleasure to call on the dean of our Oceanside, California class, Dr. Dennis Volpe. Dr. Volpe? Yes, thank you. And I want to say good evening to everybody in the Zoom room and also everybody watching on YouTube tonight. I thought the first two speakers very simplistically expressed the beauty of this teaching. Yes. And I want to say that this weekend I had the uh, opportunity watching on, as they call it, Easter, comments that were uh, solicited on the news from different ministers, and even a rabbi from different faiths. Uh, of course, the Christian ministers commented on the resurrection, and the rabbi commented on the Passover mm. with Moses. And as I listened to each one of them, uh, they were giving what they felt was their the message to the world of what the resurrection represents. And of course, the rabbi gave the message of what she felt, she, it was a, a female rabbi, by the way, what she felt was the uh, message of the Passover. And all of it was carnal. It was physical. There was nothing that they said concerning the resurrection of the soul or the inner man. And I realized uh, just how, I'll say, light years apart this teaching is over the rest of the world and what the founder yes. gave us. Now, I want to say this about a couple of things uh, before I get off the floor here, that what you have to come to realize is that this teaching 
is doing something that no other religion has the capability of doing. That is, we are expressing the mystery of Yahweh's will or his purpose and plan. Now, one time Dr. Kinley said in conversation, he said that the Bible was written in such a way that it was written in a mystery so that when the devil read it, he would read it and not be able to understand it. Now, everybody's reading out of the same Bible, whether it's the, uh, uh, the, the Hebrew people or Jewish people, whether it's the Catholics, the Baptists, the Pentecostals, you name it, they're reading the same Bible. And yet none of them understand the reality of Yahweh, how he actually is and truthfully exists, and what his purpose and plan is. Give me the A Asherah chart, please. Now, what I want to talk to you about tonight is this. What Dr. Kinley did that was phenomenal for us after he received a panoramic vision and revelation. What he did is, he didn't go back in to try to teach us what we could learn in any common Bible study by going down there and hearing somebody recite the stories or uh, quote scriptures. And in fact, Dr. Kinley talked about how this is not a scripture quoting contest. What's hidden in that Bible, what's hidden in the Law and the Prophets, is the divine purpose of Yahweh, and it's an operation, but it is spiritually discerned. Now, right. the devil don't know nothing about it. Now, what we got, if you look at this chart, we have at the top of the chart, it says vision. It doesn't say visions. It just says vision. And there's an arrow that points to one side that says revelation and another arrow from the same vision that points to delusion. Now, we're all reading the same Bible. The question is, who has the delusion and who's having the revelation? <laughs> now, Dr. Kinley made this statement to us uh, many times. I remember when I first heard him say this, that it took me back a little bit. He said, now I want you to know that you've never had a right thought in your life. And when I heard that, I didn't say anything, of course, but inside my own mind, I thought, oh, wait a minute. I thought this and this is right, and I thought this and this is right. I started tallying what I thought was right. Now, I want you to know that he also said, he said that I never, this is him now speaking. He says, and I never had a right thought in my life before I had the divine vision and revelation from Yahweh. Right. Now, everything that we think when we walk in the door for our first time about God, about what reality of life is, what life is all about, why we were put here, and all the things that have been, I'll put it this way, influenced upon us by the thinking of the world, and I'll have to say it like it is, the influence of a carnal mind with a demonic spirit penetrated right. down into the core of how we see things and how we think about things to the point that it's so insidious that you're not aware of the level of deception you have 
had perpetuated upon you. Now, as this teaching is opened up and you start to comprehend and understand many of the spiritual principles of this teaching, it all of a sudden has a complete different realization of what reality is and what constitutes proper thinking. Now, without you being taught by the Holy Spirit and without the Holy Spirit revealing to you his purpose and plan that is hidden in the scriptures, and I, I want to make that clear, it's hidden in the scriptures, you would never be able to have a change of the way you see things, the way you think. And it is vitally important that that happen to each and every one of us. Now, the world reads the Bible, they interpret it in the context of everyday life and life in this so-called, uh, uh, how it fits the life that we live in the flesh. We understand that everything in that scriptures is directed toward the purpose of revealing that Yahweh is saving souls through his son, Yahshua the Messiah, and that the soul salvation is what is tantamount and paramount in his purpose that he is operating over these seven ages and seven dispensations. Now, what I want to talk about a little bit here, and I set it up by telling you this uh, little bit that I have expressed so far, there are two doctrines that are happening in the purpose. One is the doctrine of Yahweh. Let's go to Deuteronomy 32, start at verse 1. Deuteronomy 32 and 1. Yes, thank you. Get here, O ye heavens, and I will speak. And hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. Now listen, yeah, what we got is Yahweh Elohim is saying here, hear, hear, O ye heavens, and and hear, O ye in the earth. Read that. Go ahead, read that again. I'm sorry. Okay, Deuteronomy 32 and 1. Give ear, O ye heavens, and mm -hmm. I will speak, and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth, my doctrine shall drop as the rain. My speech shall distill as the dew. Now listen, as listen. First thing he said was give ear. Mm -hmm. And hear. Now we think that that means just pay attention and let the tympanic membrane be activated by the vibrations of sound. No, that's not what he's talking about. He's mm -hmm. talking about pay attention and get some understanding. That's what hearing is that he's referring to, is you understanding what is being spoken. Now, that can only be accomplished by the Holy Spirit opening it up to you and showing it to you or revealing it to you. Even the founder, when he had the vision, did not understand what he saw when Yahweh Elohim asked him, man, what will you do with what I've shown you? He could not answer. Three times he was asked. And it wasn't until the third time that he was asked that the answer came. And as he said, the answer was that Yahshua stepped inside of him. And there hasn't been an H.C. Kinley since then. 
And then he knew that his purpose was to teach Yahweh Elohim's people his will or his purpose. Now watch. The bottom line is the doctrine of Yahweh is, is, is tantamount to know that but the doctrine of Yahweh, he has to give you an understanding, a vision, and a revelation. You are going to have to also receive a vision and revelation, just like Dr. Kinley did, with the exception you don't get the whole thing all at once. You're getting it piecemeal. Every time you come to class, something is going to be opened up, something's going to be shown to you and opened up that will then correct your wrong thinking. Those thoughts that are inaccurate. Now, when Dr. Kinley had his vision of Revelation, he said, if you didn't know H.C. Kinley before 1931, well, then you never knew him at all. That's because every aspect of that spirit or that soul that was in that body was converted and didn't think the way he used to think. He didn't, uh, 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 as he put it like this, he said, everything I thought about God was 180 degrees out of phase. I was wrong about every single thing. Now, when you come into class, here's what's going on. As the gospel is being expressed, it is making corrections in your thinking, in your heart, your mind, your understanding. All of that is being corrected. And you have to be willing to accept correction or chastisement, which chastisement means to be corrected. I'm not talking about beaten up or anything like that. I'm talking about you accepting correction. And if you don't accept correction, if you don't want to let go of something that you once thought before you even came into class, then you are rejecting that chastisement of Yahweh. Now, here's what the doctrine of Yahweh is. Now, if you, if you work with the word doctrine, it has two actual meanings or connotations. The first thing is the word doctrine, as it's used in the Bible, means teaching. Now, when people went out, like Pharisees went out or Yahshua went out, they were teaching people. And you'll read over there that the people were astonished at the doctrine that Yahshua spoke because it wasn't the doctrine of the Pharisees. Here's why. Go over to 1 Timothy 4 and 1, I think it is. First Timothy 4 and 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter days some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. Now listen, there's a doctrine of Yahweh that we read about in it over there in uh, Deuteronomy 32, that his doctrine shall drop as the rain and his speech shall distill as the dew. Now, a distillation is a purification, and his speech is living water. That's what it is. And mm -hmm. his doctrine, ladies and gentlemen, they are principles that are being conveyed, that are spiritually discerned, and they are being conveyed through manifestations. Everything written down through the Law and the Prophets are not the reality. They are manifestations of a principle that is the reality. And we use the Law and the Prophets to convey the principle so that the manifestations become 
what is proving and giving evidence or witness to the principle. Now, what makes Dr. Kinley different than any other Bible teacher or any other Bible class that you go to is that he was able to show you principles of how the purpose worked down through the scriptures that are not in black and white, really. They are manifested, but you would never catch it yourself unless it was expressed and opened up to you. You would never understand how the purpose of Yahweh works by simply you sitting down, reading your Bible from cover to cover. Right. You are not saved by reading the Bible. Otherwise, Yahweh would have commanded the apostles to go out and just hand everybody a parchment and say, go home and read this. You are saved by the foolishness of preaching. And therefore, what has to happen is we use these I'll use the term tools. We use the charts and we use the scriptures to convey something that is spiritual. Now, when Dr. Kinley said that I've had a vision revelation, but I don't want you to believe me, I want you to make me prove it to your satisfaction. We didn't know how to make him prove a thing. He had to teach us what constitutes proof. And what he taught us is how to use the law and the prophets to put together principles that Yahweh was manifesting all the way down from Adam all the way down to the day of Pentecost. And when we are going to express doctrine, which is a principle, or we're going to teach doctrine, we use the scriptures to try to get across a principle. How that something back there in the book, in the law, and in the prophets is pointing to this, this manifestation is pointing to this principle. Now, here's what we don't do, and we read it tonight. Go over to 1 Peter, or 2 Peter, 1st chapter, and I want you to go to down towards the end, the last two verses. That no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For now the listen, listen, he said knowing this first, that no prophecy or expression or teaching of the scriptures is of any private interpretation. Why? Go ahead and read, Lenore. But the prophecy came not in old times by the will of man, but holy men of Yahweh spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. They were moved by the Holy Spirit. And guess what? Peter says in the next, I think it, uh, we're in 2 uh, Peter, right? In 1 Peter, the first chapter, he talked about the very things that the uh, they wrote back there in the Law and the Prophets. They themselves desired to understand them, but it wasn't given to them at that time. They ministered unto us, and it was revealed to us after Yahshua came in and fulfilled the Law and the Prophets and poured out the Holy Spirit, that's when the revelation of what it all meant that Moses wrote and what Isaiah and Jeremiah and the rest of them wrote. Now, if you know for a fact, Paul, who was a Pharisee, and the Jews that were uh, leaders, they did spent all their time sitting there trying to study uh, the writings of Moses and the Prophets, 
and yet they did not know one thing about the purpose of Yahweh. Mm -hmm. And that's why Yahshua said, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, but they are they which testify of me. Now, why couldn't they see that? Why couldn't the scribes and the Pharisees, and even Paul, see that the scriptures were testifying of him? It's because they were not given an understanding of the principles that were threaded down through the law and the prophets that point to what the Messiah himself taught and what happened and what he did. They couldn't put that together because it was hidden from them. Yahweh did not purpose for them, just because they read the Bible, to know the spiritual reality of those things, to be able to then recognize that Yahshua truly was the Messiah. They didn't believe it. And Paul later writes, had they known who he was, they would have never crucified him. Now, when you get your eyes open to something, you're almost dumbfounded that somebody can't see how everything is pointing to Yahshua or how he <laughs> fulfilled those scriptures. But that's because the Holy Spirit has opened it up to you. Right. Now, one other thing I want to also throw into the mix is this that Dr. Kinley said nobody knew the purpose of Yahweh uh, until the day of Pentecost. Adam didn't know the purpose of Yahweh. Moses didn't know the purpose. Jeremiah, uh, uh, Ezekiel, none of them knew the purpose. And neither did the apostles until the day of Pentecost. And none of the angels knew the purpose either. That's in the transcript that where he talks about none of the angels knew the purpose of Yahweh. Now, it has to be revealed at the set time in the purpose so that all of their understandings were then quickened. Now, what I want you to see is this, that doctrine, the doctrine that we teach down here, what makes it so unique is that we're able to see the spiritual reality of those things that are written in the book. We know it's not about every year because they had a supper back there at the time of Moses in the land of Egypt that we're supposed to go out now and get a lamb. And, and I mean, even nowadays, the Jews don't eat lamb at the Passover. They eat chicken, I guess, is what I was told. Uh, but the bottom line is it's not about those physical things they ate back then. But they can't see that to this day. The veil remains upon their hearts and minds. Now, the Catholics think that they have to go down on Sunday, stick their tongue out, and have somebody put a wafer on it, which they're led to believe is the actual body of blood of Jesus Christ. Right. Because they're not able to see past the physical manifestation to get the principle. Because why? Right. Because it's not revealed to them. That's why. Right. And if he didn't reveal it to you, you wouldn't know nothing about it either. Right. It's by grace that we're receiving these revelations, not of ourselves. Now, when we when we want to prove doctrine, now listen, go over to uh, 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 Isaiah twenty eight nine, I believe. Isaiah twenty eight and nine. Whom shall he teach knowledge, and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Now, wait a minute. That's a question. Who is he going right. to teach? Teach knowledge teach knowledge and whom shall he make to understand doctrine i thought that the priests back there the levites they were told to teach the people the law that was spoken from mount sinai i thought they were the teachers i thought that when the priest 
were giving them all of the instructions that Yahweh spoke in from Mount Sinai that they were doing what uh, they were told to do to teach their children that they were the teachers. Yet, in Isaiah, he said, whom shall he? Well, who is he? Right. He, in this case, is Yahweh Elohim, truthfully, the Holy Spirit. That's right. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine, which is a body of principles? Now, when Yahshua spoke while he was walking around, many times those scribes and Pharisees did not understand one word that he said. Because he, I'll have to say it just like it is, Yahshua was speaking so far above their understanding that they did not know what to do with what he was teaching. And the people, when they listened to him, were astonished at his doctrine. Because it wasn't the doctrine of the Pharisees. He spoke as one having authority. That's because Yahshua knows the purpose of Yahweh. So when Yahshua makes a statement in front of a whole crowd of people and says this, I'm the bread that came down from heaven, that if any man eateth of me, he shall not die, but shall have life everlasting. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood shall not die, but have everlasting life. They were absolutely disgusted by that, the Pharisees, and his own apostles said, this is a hard saying. How can anybody hear this? Because they couldn't see the principle yet. Why? They were still yet carnally minded. They were not yet given the Holy Spirit to elevate their understanding to a spiritual level. There's no way to comprehend the things Joshua said with a carnal mind. It has to be changed. Now, here's some things that I want to point out that I think are necessary as well. After Pentecost, they weren't instantaneously correct and, t- and, and, and perfect in their understanding as Dr. Kinley was when he had his vision of Revelation that was a all-encompassing panoramic vision of Revelation where Doc understood the whole purpose from start to finish. Peter who got up on the day of Pentecost and preached, and 3,000 believed that Yahshua rose from the dead and received the Holy Spirit. That's in your book of Acts. The same Peter got up on, was up on a roof or whatever it was, and Yahshua shows him a vision of a sheet with all kinds of unclean animals. And he says, Pete, go ahead, take and eat. Now Peter's probably thinking, oh, he's testing me. Because he responded and said, oh, no, Master, I don't eat anything unclean. Because in his mind, this is after Pentecost, thought that uh, those animals like pork or whatever the case might be were still not supposed to be eaten, that they were unclean. And Yahshua's purpose was not to get him to start eating bacon. (laughs) All right? His purpose was to get him to see a principle. He said, Peter, call not that which I have cleansed unclean. Now later, Peter was sent to the Gentiles, who Peter believed were unclean and not to be in association with them. He understood then that the unclean animals were figure of the Gentiles, and after Pentecost, they were no longer considered by Yahweh Elohim to be unclean. Right. Therefore, they, he could now go to the Gentiles and preach the gospel, which he did to Cornelius. 
Now, what I want you to see, this spiritual understanding came to them as they grew in their understanding, and they shed things that they formerly thought that they dragged over after Pentecost. Water baptism was something that, you know, was set up before uh, Pentecost. I mean, we got water baptism with Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And then we have John the Baptist, who was uh, baptizing under the dispensation of the Mosaic Law. Now, they, Peter had to have it revealed to him that that water was not necessary because you will be baptized with fire in the Holy Spirit, not in physical water. Right. But that took a certain amount of time for him to shed that. Now, I'm saying this because don't you think that you walk into this room and drag in when you come into class some of the way you thought about things, the way you feel about things, what you from what you were taught growing up, and you try to make it fit with what's being taught in the room because you don't understand that you've never had a right thought in your life. Now, many things we're going to have to relinquish the way we think about it, the way we uh, 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 feel that that is something now that carries through under the new covenant because that's the way I thought about it and it feels good, so it must be right. Well, I want you to know this. Anything that you perpetuate as doctrine, you have an obligation to run the principle down through the law and the prophet. I don't I didn't say you read a scripture and interpret it. Because no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. We don't right. want to hear how you feel. We don't want to hear what you think that scripture means. We want to see the principle that is spiritually discerned run all the way down through the book. And I, I'm going to throw another one at you. Doc said, quoting a transcript, is not a witness. You right. say, what are you talking about? You're disrespectful to the founder. Dr. Kinley said himself, I don't appreciate you going along with something just because I said it. Right. He demanded that we make him prove it. And if he says it, you should have said, where's the proof for it? Which is what he told us to do. And listen, you can quote, Doc, I don't have a pride, do it all the time. But you're still obligated for you to run down through the book the principle of whatever it is that you're trying to get across. You run that principle down to establish that what you're saying is right. I don't right. want to hear you quote one scripture, and this, is, this, this proves it because... Basically, it's your interpretation of what you think that scripture means. That's the same thing I ran into when I used to argue with Christians left and right when I first came into class. They would go to the Bible and read a scripture and say, it means this. But we know better than that now. Everything that is true must fit the purpose. And it must have a connection within the purpose. And if you cannot express whatever you believe to be true, and show the principle down through the scriptures, then you need to sit back and wait for the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. You haven't had the revelation yet. Right. That's simple. It doesn't mean you're bad. doesn't mean you're going to hell. You're going to be fine, Lester. Anyhow, <laughs> I love that story he told about asking Doc if, if he was going to be saved. I love that. I could see, and he said that Doc Kinley look. I've seen that look a few times, Lester. I know it. <laughs> believe me. Now, uh, what I want you to realize, though, is 
What we want to do down here is follow what doth saith Yahweh, not what doth saith Dennis, what Dennis thinks. I'm I'm nobody, folks. I'm nobody. If I can't show you what I'm what I believe to be true down through the scriptures and show it to you the principle overturning and overturning, I please implore you, do not accept it and believe it. I don't care if I say it or not. I don't care who says it. Right. I don't follow things based on who says it. I follow things that I see that Yahweh is indicating and that are spiritually discerned that cannot be argued with either. Now, typically when people don't like things you're saying, they really don't have a good scriptural argument. They just give you their thoughts and their interpretation of things and their logic usually. They think their logic supersedes the obligation of showing what Yahweh himself has indicated down through the scriptures by the principles that he lines up that are uh, being revealed to us as we grow in our understanding. Now, I'm saying all that uh, because I want you to realize that there's, you know, these people, when I heard them speak uh, about Easter, I thought every one of those people would never accept correction when you would go, because these people are people that are of renown in the religious community. One of them was a cardinal in the Catholic Church. Another one was a, uh, a pastor with a big church, you follow, that are going to admit that they're wrong. And when the founder said this teaching has has overcome every doctrine in the world and that he's challenged the world to refute this, and nobody has successfully ever disputed or refuted this teaching out of the scriptures. Right. They can't do it. Otherwise, this school had been shut down years ago. And I've often said this. If you can show me down through the scriptures about anything I teach that is wrong and show me the principle, how it works over and over again, I promise you I'll stop teaching that and teach it the way you do. Now, I want to get back for a minute to our scripture reading because I see where I'm down to about, what, six minutes, I think. And I want to go over to, well, one thing I want to get to. I said, whom shall he teach? Get back to whom shall he teach knowledge and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Okay, I was at uh, nine. Was, oh, yeah. Read Isaiah 28. I, 28 right. nine. Go ahead. Isaiah 28 9. Whom shall he teach knowledge and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. Now, what does that mean, weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast? Uh, give me the Moses chart, please. Now, if you remember, Dr. Kinley used to correlate Mount Sinai to a woman's breast and how he brought the children to the breast and fed them with milk, meaning he gave them the manifestations that later, of course, would be the reality of it because that's all they could digest. I remember him saying it this way. That's all they could digest at that time. Now, in other words, when you say all that's... I see the, the, the sign. Thank you. Uh, that's all they can digest. That means that they had a carnal mind and they were not able yet to, to uh, understand the spiritual reality of those things at that point. And so when he would talk about these uh, this scripture in Isaiah... He would talk about that being drawn from the breast and weaned from the milk is you being taken off of the carnal ordinances that were manifestations of spiritual reality. 
In other words, Ooh. eating lamb down there at the Passover supper, you know, all of us know in here, it's fundamental that we get first learn when we come in, how that, that lamb was a figure of Yahshua himself, who died for us from the foundation of the world. Now, uh, we understand the principle. We know it's not necessary to put a lamb in the oven on a certain year and think that God, or Yahweh in this case, is pleased by it. That's not what he's after. We have to be partakers of Yahshua, as he said, eat his body, or eat his uh, flesh and drink his blood. Now, we know later in that, that sixth chapter of John, he explained, it's not the flesh that profits anything. I'm not talking about you literally eating my body and blood. He said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So we know that we come down to get soul food. We come down right. here to get the words of Yahshua opened up and broken up, up for us and prepared. And we have some good chefs in the school that know how to prepare this knowledge and understanding to give you a tasty meal. And I just love sitting back and, and, and getting fed by uh, the things the Holy Spirit has revealed to many of the speakers as I sit and listen to a lot of people that testify in these Zoom classes. Now, what I want to say is that we understand the reality of that now. So we're weaned from the manifestations, and we're looking at the spiritual principles that are spiritually discerned, that are nourishing the soul. Now, in Isaiah, I mean, not Isaiah, but in Ezekiel, where it talks about the Valley of Dry Bones, many Jewish people believe. I tell you, I have an article on it. They believe that at the end of the world, that if they're buried, let's say in North America, that their bones are going to go through tunnels and roll all the way to Jerusalem for the Messiah when he appears. And it would be painful, so they encourage the people to buy plots, burial plots, close to Jerusalem. I'm not kidding wow. you. We have an article about this. Wow. They take that literal. There were Catholics that did not believe that they could be cremated because they had to have their bones because at the end of the world, uh, uh, when Jesus came back, he needed the bones to give you that new body that they claim you're going to get at the end of the world. They mean physical body, by the way. Now, we know all that stuff. They're, they're, they just don't see the, the reality of it, ladies and gentlemen. We see it. We see that the bones are a representation of the soul or the inner man. And how that we are going right. to receive an immortal glory. Our soul is going to be put within Yahshua, and we're going to receive an immortal glorified body. We know it's not physical. It's going to be incorporeal and actually super incorporeal. But the point is, the point of the matter is, they don't see these things. They're stuck right in the physical. And Yahshua has trans. He has raised us above it. He has translated us into the kingdom. And we're looking at things, ladies and gentlemen, that the world can't even begin to fathom. And you uh, are blessed that Yahshua has allowed you to see any of these things, that he has chosen you and revealed him these things to you. All of us are just uh, brethren and sisters and brothers in this teaching, trying to encourage one another to greater understanding of Yahweh's purpose and plan. I hope what I said tonight made some sense. I hope it resonated with you. I thank you for the time and I'll hand it back to the moderator. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Dr. Dennis Volpe. We would like to thank all of our brethren for joining our Zoom class tonight. 
And at this time, we would like to cordially invite our visitors and friends to come back and study with us. Class is held every Monday at 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Zoom participants, please remain muted until our host has ended our YouTube broadcast. Now we will conclude with our doxology coming from the last two verses of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise Elohim, our savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our sovereign, belong glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both before all time, now and ever. Let the class say, hallelujah. 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 Okay, Zoom has been 